The Rouge Rugby wishes to express our condolences to the friends and family of Jaden Sage, an Aurora Barbarians player who tragically passed away age 16. We also wish to express our condolences to the friends and family of Kevin Lunk Wierachowski, a Canadian player whose 11-year career spanned from 1992 to 2003, culminating in a game against the Maori All Blacks. Wierachowski also was an assistant coach for Canada at the 2007 Rugby World Cup. They will be missed. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of La Rouge Rugby Podcast where we talk about real Canadian rugby. I'm Stu Hardy joined as always by Derek Brissett. Derek, happy Thanksgiving by happy the way. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, you know it's a long weekend. Did you get up to anything at all? Uh, ate a ridiculous amount of food um, as you know is tradition on Thanksgiving. Did a little, you know, went on a little like fall hike and stuff. Um, some of the uh, you know, the, the as the uh, the leaves and stuff start to see uh, start to change, kind of realize we do live in a pretty beautiful part of the world. So it's always fun mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. go uh, seek it, seek out some nature, and um, obviously uh, tried to force feed rugby down the throat of my family, which um, didn't go necessarily as well as I as I hoped. Um, so um, yeah, that's about how yeah. my weekend went. Always got to try to get the uh, the rugby games on during a. Uh, during Thanksgivings, inevitably always gets bumped for football or some random hockey highlights. But yeah, no, I try. I try. I, you got to try. Yeah, you got to try for the try and see how it goes. Yeah, I understand. I mean, um, you know, my weekend involved mainly doing little odd jobs around the house, getting, oh. uh, you know, preparing for the inevitable cold snap that's going to be coming through. And yeah, it's, it's leaving. A, as you finish your house before the winter, it's good. Uh, well, it's insulated. So that's, well, oh, good. there you go. He got, and, some. uh, do you and do yeah. that for Thanksgiving normally? Like being uh, from Wales? I mean, I know it's not, obviously not a thing over in the UK, but I've, I've been celebrating Thanksgiving, I think is the most, App thing since I've come to Canada, but yeah, you know, it's been more of like friends giving, yeah, exactly. So. Excuse to get together with uh, with yeah, people and have a gigantic dinner, yeah. So, yeah, you know, just a option to indulge really more than anything else. But, um, you know, I, I was watching the rugby, but I, and normally I will also watch Formula One because it's. Because it's in when the races are in Europe or some ra- some night races, they're all like at nine o'clock in the morning. I'll be yeah. like, okay, I'll I'll start my day with that. Um, however, for some unknown reason, Formula One decided to have a race in Qatar in October when it's still uh, thirty five degrees at midnight. So, and then the uh, tire supplier Pirelli discovered that. The tires they had brought for all the teams weren't suitable enough for the track. So they mandated that every driver had to only have the tires for 18 laps. Otherwise, they get reprimanded. So it was a really interesting race in which you have all these teams that have to do mandatory pit stops. Mm. And as a result, everyone's like, well, if I don't have to conserve the tires for 20, 30, whatever laps... I'm just going to 
yeah. belt it as fast as I can around this uh, circuit and see how quickly I can go. Oh, and so, so how much? How much did Max Verstappen win by? Uh, only six seconds. This oh time, wow! So. All right, so it did help everybody else. It, well, it, it helped McLaren most of all. Um, Oscar Piastri, because um, it was also a sprint weekend as well. So Oscar Piastri, um, his first year in Formula One, won his first uh, race technically. And yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm not inclined to call the sprint a race because it's not the full distance. So, but you know, he finished first in that, and his teammate Lando Norris finished third. The um, first consecutive double podium this year, I believe. Although all the F one fans are now going to, it must be, it must be him. super fun just trying to finish second all year. It's must well, be. You can, guys you must can be ask Max Verstappen's teammate about that and yeah, uh, see okay. how he feels because he's a uh, uh, he uh, did not at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but anyway, this isn't a podcast about Formula One. This is a podcast about rugby. So we're going to start. With a bit of MLR news, and of course, instead of the biggest thing that happened in rugby this week, we'll start with uh, yeah, we'll start no, this part. is the biggest thing because it's got Canadians involved. Come on, yeah, all right, yeah, so Eric, we'll you talk know. about the world cup later, yeah, okay. So, we have had a slew of re signings for the Toronto Arrows since our last recording, and they include the uh, players of Liam Bowman, Travis Larson. And Connor Grindle. These are players that all played last year and have re-signed for the 2024 season. So, you know, we we have a prop announced. We have a center announced in Bowman. We have a flanker slash number eight in Larson. Uh, so, you know, the team's all coming together slowly but surely. And all these guys have had, like, great things to say, obviously. You know, Bowman had a great you know, start for his um, Arrows career, I'd say, like getting a getting a try a few minutes into his uh, debut off the bench. He also got uh, the, the try on the last play of the season too. Yeah, I remember that. That was a fantastic, like, 90-meter run to get under the post to close oh. out, uh, you know, less than stellar season for the Arrows, but that just helps um, it just means that if you finish last, then all you can do is go up from there. And it looks like, well, it looks as be though the arrows are focusing on youth and growing uh, new, uh, not new, but young players into their spots. I say that for Bowman. Uh, I know that Larson is in his thirties, so that doesn't really ring exactly true. Um, but Connor Grindle also announced having had. Uh, four starts uh, across his seven matches for the Arrows last year. And, you know, it's really... So, British, but English-born, Australian-raised, Canadian-eligible, Connor Grindle. Commonwealth. Uh, from the Commonwealth. Yeah, exactly. He's been here, there, and everywhere. And he's, um, people wondering, uh, how is he eligible? Well, his mother is from Montreal, and his father is from Toronto. So, you know, Canadian parents, so... He has that lineage, but um, you know, it's been playing um played through the New South Wales schoolboy side in twenty sixteen, uh, played with the Gordon Highlanders, uh and he played for them uh prior to and following his twenty twenty three arrow season. However, he's uh continued his rugby journey because he is part of the developmental group that is joined up with the Arrows sister club in Scotland, Melrose. So he's the only 
Arrow's senior player yet that will be playing for Melrose this season. The other two players are Gershom Mukendi, and uh, who is also a prop, and Oliver McKenzie, who is an outside back, uh, playing mainly wing and fullback. And if you go over to the Melrose social media account, you can see that uh, Oliver McKenzie is actually playing in a couple of games. He plays against uh, bigger RFC and more recently against um, Highland Rugby Club as well. Um, again, switching between wing and fullback, showing his versatility. Uh, Connor uh, played against uh, Bigger back in mid-September. And yeah, you know, it's so, you know, follow uh, the Melrose Rugby social media accounts and you can keep up to date on how our Canadian lads are doing over in the Scottish League One. Um, but but what do you think of these signings so far? Yeah, like um, I mean, it's it's obviously it's just kind of good to see a lot of guys coming back. Um, so far, like we said, it's like beyond the trades. The only uh player signings or roster announcements that we've had so far, with the exception of the trades, has been re-signings. Um, which I mean is obviously always a good thing. It's good to bring the core back, like you said, like having a guy like Liam Bowman, um, who played his first pro year la- or uh, his first uh, year with the Arrows last year. Um, played really well in uh, in you know in the time that he got, and obviously, as you said, made an impact right away. Made an impact later on in the year. Grindall was good all year. Cool to see him going um, to play in Scotland too. Um, Travis Larson had a bit of an interesting season last year as well. Like mm-hmm. he came here. Was pretty good to start the season, got injured for a bit, came back from his injury, and then was arguably the Arrow's best player for a, a good chunk of games toward the end of the season. Um, yeah, very excited to have him back. He obviously got his first cap um, with Canada over the summer when they went to Tonga to help uh, to uh, you know play in those uh, World Cup warm-up games for uh, for Tonga. So Larson's been having a, had a really good uh, 2023, and you know hopefully. Hopefully he can uh, carry that over um, into 2024. And hopefully the fact that his brother is an MLR champion is motivating enough because that's got to be really annoying over Thanksgiving dinner um, to be reminded of uh, of how many, uh, you know, shields um, are currently sitting at the table. Um, so hopefully that conversation wasn't too awkward, but at least he got to, uh, you know, at least Travis got to uh, brag about the, uh, the new payday that's uh, coming to him this week anyways. Yeah, I mean, fantastic names. And I think we were talking about it like last year, there was a slurry of new players being signed. Um, Aaron, as well as Arrow's players, either been traded or signing for other MLR teams. So to start off with a strong contingent of players coming back, re-signing shows a lot of confidence in where this team can go. That's true. eh? Nobody officially signing somewhere else yet. Is that true? Yeah, uh, not at the time of recording. I don't think there's been any no one, player yeah. trades in. So player trades from or, the arrows, or no other game. team has announced an arrow that has signed for them either. Not that. Yeah. I oh, other than Shane O'Leary, Shane O'Leary went to Miami in the uh, expansion draft. Yeah, but that's a that's a draft. That's a that's not a trade, so to speak. I don't think the arrows get anything in return for, or any player, any team. Oh. We'll get anything in return for those players. Those I may are, be wrong. Miami Please, uh, let me know. four guys from that expansion draft, too. 
Yeah. Uh, and then again, if the if the players you're being offered are names of players who have already retired, then your options are very few. Um, in so trades that podcast now too so he's he's one of us we must show support no absolutely um there has been some trade news recently which was uh san diego receiving the player rights for james vifali and uh from dallas dallas receiving salary cap considerations but speaking of the san diego legion in a flawless segue um <laughs> it was announced today that in their um, player re-signings. Justice Sears Duru has re-signed for the 2024 season with San Diego Legion. Sears Duru is in his sixth season in MLR, his second with San Diego, having played three seasons with uh, the Seattle Seawolves and winning the Shield in 2019. And of course, his season with the LA Guiltinis in 2020. Two, and I'm just realizing now that as we're going through like where players have been and team transfers and stuff, we're gonna have to make the t- distinction between oh they played for LA, oh they played for you know ATL and came over. No, they played for the other LA team. <laughs> hey, I mean that's the uh, it's it's really it's it's no different than a lot of the other sports in uh, in North America, whereas. You know, there's been uh, like you even look at the NFL. There's been two different Los Angeles Rams um, at two different times. We're on the Raiders have been in multiple cities. Like we're on the second version of the Winnipeg Jets, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's a lot of that. We're on the second Cleveland Browns. Um, there's there's gonna there's a lot of that going on in North American sports. It's it's not gonna be. Like I mean, you maybe ha- are gonna have to say like, oh yeah, he played one here for the Guiltinis, but as opposed yeah. to like whatever the new LA team is called, but that's that's not gonna be that weird. Either way, though, great to see uh, Sears Duru back. I mean, he was obviously mm-hmm. kind of the, uh, you know, the he rocked the, uh, the you know the seventeen jersey most of the season last year, but you know, really kind of seemed to relish in his role as an impact sub for that squad, and mm-hmm. you know, it was a huge part of. San Diego making it um, all the way to the uh, MLR final. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, Sears Duru is uh, part of a pretty big uh, Canadian contingent with San Diego. And hopefully uh, a few of the other Canadian lads that were on the team last year are also coming back because uh, mm-hmm. San Diego seemed to have something special going on last year. And, you know, unfortunately, they didn't quite get the job done. But, you know, it's uh, it's great to see. Uh, it looks like they're kind of building their uh their revenge tour squad as well right <laughs> yeah. so i'm sure we'll get some sort of big reinforcement announcement out of them too and you know can't just let the chicago hounds be signing all the big overseas names right so we'll, uh, yeah well it'll uh, be interesting to see uh, what instead of what the arrows are doing are like player by player um it seems that san diego are doing it in batches so they announced five re-signings previously this time it's going to be four maybe, maybe it's a countdown and <laughs> they get to, we get the yeah, one yeah it'd be like oh we we got a dan carter who recently entered the world oh, rugby hall of fame he's out of retirement he's coming for a season or whatever yeah, i i don't really have a preference for what teams do but i think like as long as you're keeping like your content going and updated and keeping like 
you know, providing your fan bases with like an active like amount of news and everything. Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you which team is really engaging on social media at the moment with and utilizing things to their best effort is Miami. Because, you know, some of their players are currently in a World Cup quarterfinal. Yeah, and exactly. they're, they're engaging with the community and being like, hey, we're having watch parties. Um, I think they've already announced that they're hosting a watch party for the World Cup final on October yeah, 28th. So. Well, they had, uh, who was the player that set the record for most, like, uh, breakdown or, or turnovers in a, uh, like, in a World Cup game that's on uh, Miami? Oh, I'm blanking. Yeah, I, oh, it's, I'm, I'm blanking on the name as well. Um, let's have a quick look. So that player's name is Manuel Ardao, and he's not Argentinian, he's Uruguayan. Uh, but I, I can understand the confusion the, the there. Blue and it, white South American country has a lot of good players yeah. in Miami. It's all. Yeah. You know, Uruguay obviously had a great uh, World Cup as well, you know, really yeah. put uh, France to the sword. Of course, they have their two honorary Canadians in uh, Gaston Mirez and uh, Manuel Diana. And yeah. But I, no, I definitely appreciate what uh, Miami is doing at the moment. They're getting, um, they had Wani Hernandez uh, talking about the team. They've uh, been bigging up uh, clips from the World Cup. I think they've basically just been like quote tweeting rugby world cup accounts yeah. to get around their whole. I was to uh, say that's that's the way to go because that's the only way you can actually share clips, which is yeah, silly. Um, but hey, I mean that's where we are, I guess. Yeah, but no, as in uh, Miami definitely is doing a lot um, in terms of, and you know, especially with like a new team as well, you don't have anything to fall back on. It's not like, hey, this player's coming back for another season because it's your first season. You have to really put the effort in, really get building up. But it looks like they've got a camp coming up on October 15th. And they're just building uh, closer and closer towards, um, you know, getting new fans, getting young players in, getting, you know, maybe even like academy prospects as well. And yeah, and they'll be having a World Cup watch party as well, obviously for the game against Argentina. Or no, sorry, not Argentina. Um, games against uh, England and Fiji and France and South Africa. Um yeah. But again, we'll get to the World Cup later. But it looks yeah, like I'm... a lot of teams are doing the World Cup watch parties and stuff, though, which is really well, uh, yeah, really it's... good to see, especially like you know, just because uh, Canada and USA aren't in it doesn't mean like the people in those cities are like stop watching rugby and stuff. I mean, everybody loves you know, um, everybody loves watching those World Cup. Yeah. Games. Do you know what? What's interesting that I found um, through people who've been to the World Cup on social media is that. Outside of the, Eng- uh, the the British and the French, obviously France hosting the World Cup, the next biggest contingent of fans coming to watch the rugby, Dutch. So, oh, hey. oh, I mean that's, I mean that's that's fun. Like it's uh, like you know what I mean. Like honestly, like sometimes, like even like watching like these games, sometimes it's just fun to watch rugby yeah. when you have no real emotional investment in it. And just, I, like, watching, like, like I mean, like I said, we'll talk about it later. Like, that Portugal-Fiji game was incredible or whatever. Like, I'm not particularly – I don't cheer for Portugal or Fiji, really, but I was like, this yeah. game is amazing. And, of course, you can yeah. kind of get caught up in the moment of Portugal um, having the biggest rugby moment in their country's history. Um, mm. 
right? But like it, that's kind of also what makes it fun too. And even at that, I think some of the best like games of the World Cup, I think, have been like those tier two nations and not necessarily like the big dogs. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously everyone's keen yeah. for an upset. I mean, just yeah. look at South Africa, Japan in 2015. Yeah, that's the best. Uh, Fiji, <laughs> Uruguay in 2019, and now Fiji again yeah. uh, against Portugal. Um, well, either yeah, way, I think like I was looking at uh, Chicago's um, Twitter timeline. Um, they also have a watch party, which is good, but they also have been signing all of the Leinster players. Um, which, yeah, which is also uh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dave, lots of uh Dave Carney's gonna um play in uh play in uh Major League Rugby next year. That's fun. I'm sure we'll all uh I'm sure we're all gonna enjoy that. And by we're all gonna enjoy that, I mean I'm hoping Chicago stays in the Western Conference. Because <laughs> then I'll enjoy it. Uh, I I think uh yeah, I think that's probably gonna be um more likely. I think and if anyone's asking why is Chicago in the West when it's you know so close to all these eastern cities, it's just because of its I mean, transport links. Have really. they announced that? If they don't have any I don't I don't believe they've actually said what conference how the conferences are going to be aligned, have they? No, I think but I think when it comes to the schedule being released, then we'll know. Yeah, some. we'll but know. They, they always they do the schedule said, like much later. They were just they? in the West last year, so I think it's like we're just kind of assuming that I don't even want to say it's assuming that they'll stay there. It's very feasible that they can go either way. Yeah. But I guess um because Miami is the expansion team and now opens up you have six teams in the East, six teams that are clearly in the West, and then you have Chicago right in the middle. So yeah. I, I guess we'll find out. I think, like, Chicago is that city that is, like, in the NBA, they're in the East, in the NHL, they're in the West. Uh, mm-hmm. Right? So it's like they could go either side. Um, so I guess, I guess it'll probably come down to whatever Chicago, maybe whatever the Chicago ownership group wants. So, I mean, they're, what, three hours from Toronto? That's probably a little bit nicer than san diego you know for a couple travel travel games right like well see it's yet to be seen if uh the hounds pick up a uh travel sponsor or airline partner uh, yeah, to really. uh recoup all that uh time they'll be spent flying to wherever the games may be yeah. across the united states and uh toronto um but when it comes to viewing those games, we have some news that has come in from the Rugby Network. Now, if you are a subscriber to them, you may want to be checking your emails. Something came through today, and it says that the Rugby Network will be having subscription pricing from November. Uh, and along with that, they've also updated the app and they've updated the website. So if you do have a profile, they do recommend that you reset your password so you'll be able to access all the content that is to come on the Rugby Network this year. However, the subscription pricing will start from November, and the English Premiership Rugby will begin this weekend. So that means the first two games of the Premiership, uh, first sorry, first two rounds of the Premiership will be available for free. However, this appears to be only applicable to the United States when I logged on and reset my password. Uh, recently, I was unable to access any of the Premier League content and saying it's not available in your um, in your country. 
And so this has me. And then Derek uh, was so kind as to check <laughs> on Sportsnet. And it appears that if you wish to watch the English uh, Premiership this season, you will have to subscribe to Sportsnet or Sportsnet Plus. And that seems where to be. So with this... Oh. um. Sub- all Sorry? five, all five of the premier of the first round games of the Premiership are already up on Sportsnet's schedule. Uh, okay, the rugby right. section. So, uh, yeah, so you you have that option. You got to make sure you're paying for the right tier of Sportsnet, though. So, mm-hmm. um, you might have to upgrade your account if you're not already paying for that tier. Yeah. So, now at the moment, this seems to be only applicable for the United States. Yeah. Um, but Derek, what do you make of um, the rugby network moving to a subscription model? Well, a I mean, subscription model, I should say. Well, I mean, like it kind of feels inevitable, I mm-hmm. suppose, right? Like uh, that, you know. There's, um, you know, obviously, if you like, it's not. It, I don't think it was going to stay free forever. Um, it kind of like I wonder how because. The way it looks like it's kind of worded, um, and I could be wrong. Uh, again, it doesn't seem like it applies to the U.S. or applies to Canada, so I don't. But it looks like it's kind of like you're paying for the Premiership to start. So I kind of wonder yeah. when like, the MLR season kicks off, like what that kind of paid model is going to look like. I mean, if it's like what what did you say the price was six ninety nine. Sorry. Yeah, six ninety nine a month or sixty dollars oh. for a year. Yeah. Okay. So like, it's not a bad price point, but it's uh, it's cheaper than Sportsnet if you want to uh, watch the Premiership, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like it just kind of feels like it's an inevitable thing. Like you know, every time I've always kind of felt like my I guess the cynical part of my brain has always been like if you know every time the Rugby Network puts out like oh we have x amount of subscribers i'm always kind of like yeah but everybody's free like yeah it's you know it's it's not you know it's like it, it's interesting it would be interesting to see how many people drop off of that um but i mean if if the mlr stays free that'll be interesting as well because then you'll probably just get mm-hmm. people paying for the premiership rugby which i think is fine um what they end up doing with major league rugby though will be interesting because i mean as we have kind of been discussing during this World Cup, right? The you know, there's been a lot of conversations about like the best way to like attract new fans and how the game should be, you know, broadcasted, how footage should get released. Mm-hmm. That's been yeah. kind of a constant topic of conversation. And obviously, one of those points being brought up was, you know, rugby being on a free platform mm-hmm. and you know, if you got to pay to watch the MLR, like, I wonder what that does to MLR ratings. Um, obviously, you're going to have the people that are already locked into MLR going to, well, I mean, looking at this, if you told me I had to pay six ninety nine a month to watch the MLR, I wouldn't even bat an eye and think about that. Um, it, like, I would be paying it. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how that would affect the MLR. Um, there's, because there's obviously one of the parts of that discussion has been like, you know, like the m the mlr being on the rugby network is awesome because it's free right Mm -hmm. but it's a little bit maybe harder to find for a casual fan because you'd have to download a separate app versus but versus like being on tsn or any of the channels in the states that you have to pay for which is like you got to pay for them anyways but 
that probably adds to more visibility, right? Having that, if that switches over to, you know, the rugby network is also paid. I'm sure that's going to impact a bit of that discussion. Um, but for right now, though, it seems like it's just for the premiership, which I think is perfectly fine. Again, though, it doesn't really apply to us in Canada um, because Canada's rights appear to still Sportsnet appears to still have the Canadian rights to the premiership. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what the impact is once we hit February and the MLR season starts coming around, be interesting to see how that happens. But I think at some point, like, you know, one of the things we've been constantly talking about is the need for more money and more resources in rugby. Um, Mm -hmm. at some point, like you gotta pay for things, um, put some money into the sport. So, I mean, I'm not. Um, I'm not upset that the rugby network is looking like they're kind of going to start shifting towards, you know, some some sort of subscription model. Um, But I mean, for just as it's presented right now, you have to pay to watch the premiership in the United States. Mm -hmm. Seems like it's totally fine. Um, I'll see what uh, what the what the rugby network whips up when the MLR season. Yeah, it's off. We'll have that conversation when that comes up, I guess. Well, this is the thing. I believe at this point in time that the Rugby Network will continue to show MLR games for free because the Rugby Network is a subsidiary of MLR itself. So it appears as though it's in its best interest to get as many eyes on the product as possible. Now, obviously, we know that in local markets, um, they'll have broadcasters so for example in toronto it's uh, tsn and they have their partnership with fox and fox sports so there's like one game a week that is um, not available on the rugby network in the united states but then you have the replays that are available um so i think i hope i should say for the 2024 season we continue to have uh, the Rugby Network have free access to these games and, you know, free access outside of the United States as well to get more eyes on the product. It does beg the question, though, that if the Rugby Network can have a subscription base for a foreign league, then by the same response, you could have the Rugby Network show MLR on a subscription model in other countries. So, for example, um, let's say England, for example, uh, is that if you want to have the Rugby Network, you have to pay, you know, £3 a month to be able to watch content on, uh, MLR content on the Rugby Network, for example. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that option has presented itself. What I think is probably more likely is that in the UK, they... So in the UK, for the 2023 final, it was shown on TNT Sports, or formerly known as BT Sports for any of our British uh, viewers and listeners. The the UK has TNT Sports now? Well, it's that BT, uh, BT sold it to TNT, so... Or turned the network. I I don't don't know. Um, Anyway, so... They so it couldn't very well be the case that something like you, you know Fox it you know Fox's game of the week or whatever it may be that 
you know tnt sport picks that up as well and they say we'll pay for that and we'll show it on our channel when it's like because it's not going to conflict with a lot of things that are happening in british sport because it'll be so late yeah but it's then a case of like okay if you want the highlights they'll be on tnt sport for a week and then they're on the and then if you want to capture after that it's on the rugby network I, i've kind of loved to see how like the rugby network has developed over the past couple of years like it's been one of the best things that's come out of mlr and anything that you know things that have been done in partnerships and stuff with the league right and like i don't know i guess my like i think like the rugby network like it would be kind of cool if it ended up being like netflix for rugby in a weird way i mean i, I wouldn't i wouldn't mind that at yeah, all because like, i think like, like right now i think like if you want to watch like i'm going to use canada as an example yeah. we'll kind of ignore the uh the premiership thing in the states for right now um mm-hmm. But, like, I think, like, right now, like, if you're Canada, like, if you're a Canadian rugby fan and, like, you want to watch as much rugby as you can, let's say, right? Like, it's kind of expensive because it's, like, you have to pay – you if you want to watch um, the Premiership, you're paying for Sportsnet, but you're also paying for the upgraded Sportsnet, right? So that's a little bit pricier anyways. Um, maybe a little bit more worth your money if you watch other sports, especially hockey, um, but like, you know, not everybody watches other sports. Some people just want to watch rugby. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, for me and myself, I look at part of that sports net cost as watching other sports, but not everybody does. Um, uh, but either way, so you got to pay for sports net. If you want to watch the premiership, um, you got to pay for TSN. If you want to watch super rugby, the rugby championship, um, you got to pay for the zone. If you want to watch six nations, like mm-hmm. you got to pay for, um, like, I mean, if the Rugby Network went to uh, another, like, you're already up to, like, three subscription services. If you want to watch Champions Cup, you got to, we have to pay to watch it on their own, like, Champions Cup feed or whatever, mm-hmm. um, right? Which is way ridiculously overpriced, by the way. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right? So yeah, you gotta I, pay- I fully agree with that. Yeah, so we got to pay for that. Um, if the rug, like, I think, like, if... Right. So it's like you're already kind of we're already up to four like subscription yeah. services and stuff. Right. Um, you know, it's nice that it's like, you know, TSN obviously has the rugby world cup and the arrows as well. Sportsnet also has rugby league. Um, and the URC, I think, is also on Sportsnet too. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like you're, you're like, you know, the subscriptions start to kind of add up. And then if, mm-hmm. right. Like, and, you know, if I could condense all the rugby that i watch onto like one subscription service like i would like we're talking like six i'd probably pay like 30 dollars a month for that just because it still would be cheaper than what i'm paying now to watch rugby across multiple different streaming platforms right so i mean like i think there there is um but i think also the one thing if you are to pay for it as well like if if the rugby network gets to a point where they're like they're going to start charging to watch mlr mm-hmm. games right which is something i could very well see happening or whatever we can argue whether yeah, it's good, yeah. but um like if it gets to the point like you can't blackout games or whatever like because blackout like even like the nhl mlb like blackouts are like killing streaming and 
viewership mm-hmm. numbers for yeah. those leagues. Like there can't like this the MOR as a league, like even if, if you have a paid subscription service, like you can't black out games. Like you have to, if people are gonna pay for it, like because like right now it's like the rugby network's free. So when I see like the arrow game is blacked out because I live in Canada, I'm just like, eh, like whatever, it's free. Right. Yeah. But like if I have to pay to my TSN subscription plus a rugby network subscription, like rugby network so I can watch all the other games plus TSN so I can just watch the one team that I care about the most. Right. Mm -hmm. Then like that starts to become kind of problematic. So I think that would be what I would do if that ends up happening. Um, I think ultimately to really like get to the point of this, um, it's cool to see the rugby network evolving and getting more rugby content on their platform. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally willing to pay for it if it's there. Um, I hope it co- does come to Canada eventually. And, um, you know, this isn't going to guarantee, this isn't necessarily, this isn't guaranteeing that yeah, we're going to have to pay for MLR games soon. But in all honesty, you know, I understand that there would be some, maybe some grow the game elements that might be sacrificed to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a a conversation that perhaps we can devote more time to if it does come to this. But I wouldn't necessarily hate having to pay for MLR games either. Yeah, no, I get that. And I think because the Rugby Network has the premiership for two seasons. Yeah. It's going to be a good um, time span to then see how... Um, how well it does in the US market and if it's seen as a profitable venture then maybe that you know they turn around and say okay we're going to have Japan League 1 back on the rugby yeah. network as well and well, if that's... you want to pay that you have to pay a couple dollars more well, that's the and... thing too is we're talking about just MLR but there's actually like there's so much rugby on the rugby network what? Yeah, well, I, like, I I had a look uh, briefly, and I think they're still in the process of migrating stuff because they're on a new yeah. uh, platform at the moment. And to be honest, now's the best time to do it. I mean, they're pushing for yeah. uh, Premiership Rugby, and whilst that's going on, obviously there's no MLR going on. There's no professional rugby be. in North America at the moment. So, um, you sp- I mean. Uh- University National Championship for Canada is going to be is in a month, so I hope that's better. yeah yeah. I'm I'm hoping that's on as well. I, but the thing is, if you look today, which is October 10th, there's there's only MLR content available in Canada. Yeah. So I'm hoping uh, that because it's the yeah. I'm I'm hoping that they'll bring over you know coast to coast cup. They'll bring over um like you said the oh. men's university. Uh, rugby championship i mean like the uh, more well. you mention that's on it the more i'm like yeah i would pay for this is that the yeah. like is that the best is it like you we can discuss if you think that's the best option for growing the game because we know casual fans are probably going to be reluctant but if you rock like give like a good free trial and i yeah like i mean like like a month or like something or whatever like yeah, like, yeah, well, as I said, the Premiership begins this weekend, and so this will be like the good merits of basically a two week. How's it going to come out? Yeah, so yeah, it's it's yeah, essentially I'm getting double two... that at least, but like, yeah, 
you know, you obviously don't want to have barriers for yeah. new fans to come in if that's uh, yeah. and we yeah, it's a two, three weeks trial yeah. to see how it does, and then you know, because I'm I'm sure for like some fans they may say, yeah, you know what, I'm willing to pay like sixty bucks a year to get um the yeah. premiership. Others may be like, well, is that more than my Peacock subscription? And Peacock obviously has more content on it. But that is something that the Americans decide. We don't have a choice. We have to watch it <laughs> Sportsnet. on Sportsnet. Um, but let's move on to the Rugby World Cup. But before we talk about the 2023 tournament, we're going to briefly look ahead to 2027. Because according to an article in The Guardian, it says that um, World Rugby are rejecting the idea of a plate competition to run alongside the future main event at World Cups, yeah. citing uh, glass ceiling and fewer playing and financial resources. And as a brief aside, I agree with this. I think it doesn't make the World Cup more exclusive. It just diminishes um, like the Tier 2 nations and if it follows the current format, it just means that the teams that don't qualify from into the quarterfinals or the elimination round from tier one are going to be the nations that you know yes. sweep through to final. And yes, there may be an upset, but that just seems to be the general idea for now. However, this quote was listed. Instead, it will be formally agreed that at the end of this tournament, that 24 teams will be involved in Australia, opening the way for Spain, the United States, Canada, and potentially either Hong Kong, China, or Brazil to feature in four years' time. Six pools of four would also make it simpler for squads to play and train in half a dozen regional centres, reducing the amount of travel that's caused significant logistical headaches in France. So it appears as though... Tier 2 Nations prayers have been answered and that we will finally be expanding to 24 teams for the next World Cup in 2027. So I just want to think about this for the moment because as it stands at the time of recording, automatic qualification for the next World Cup continues as it has for the previous World Cups. And for those that don't know, that means um, from all the four pools, like A, B, C, and D, the two teams that qualify for the quarterfinals get automatic qualification as well as the third-ranked team in each pool. Now, and even if they hadn't uh, finished third, uh, Australia as hosts would automatically qualify. So that means the qualified teams are the hosts, Australia, the quarterfinalists, France, New Zealand, South Africa, Ireland, Wales, Fiji, England, and Argentina, and third place in the pools, which is Italy, Scotland, and Japan. Uh, so to little surprise, this means that the Six Nations of Rugby Championship have automatically qualified, as well as Japan and Fiji. Now, the interesting thing is these are the same teams that automatically qualified for the 2023 uh, Rugby World Cup. So this can actually help us, because as we know the allocation for the 20-team tournament, we can bring that um, qualification process over for 2027. So for the qualifying for this tournament, you also had Africa 1, which was Namibia. You had Americas getting two slots, which went to Uruguay and Chile. You have Europe getting two spots that went to Georgia and Romania. You have Oceania getting a spot, which uh, was won by Samoa. 
you have a playoff between a team from Asia and the runners-up of the Oceania team, and the winner of that playoff was Tonga. And then finally, you have the Refercharge tournament for the final qualifying spot, and that goes to Portugal. So with those allocations, so one Africa, two for Americas, two for Europe, one for Oceania, and Asia-Pacific playoff and the Refercharge, we can give four more nations the opportunity to re- represent on the global stage. Um, so let's talk about the red, white, and blue elephant in the room. Because I think world rugby would much prefer having a future host of World Cups actually at the previous World Cup. Probably. So so um, to do this without too much upset, that I think world rugby will do is divide the Americas into America's North or RAN and South or Sudamerica. Um, so S- so RAN and SAR. And if they really wanted to, you could even have a playoff between RAN 1 and SAR 1, and that gets to determine who's America's 1 and who's America's 2. And then you have an America's three slot, which can be decided between uh, RAN2 and SAR2. And the loser of that will go to the Repercharge tournament. The winner will become America's three. Right. Uh, then we have the Asia-Pacific playoff. And yes, we can keep that. But it now becomes a secondary round because instead we give Asia 1 its own slot. So that means we'll have another Asian team um, beyond Japan, uh, they can likely be the winner of the Asia Cup, and then we keep the Asia Pacific playoff. We keep that spot, and the loser of that uh, playoff series they also advance to the repechage. Thirdly, uh, we turn to Africa, and we can have a, an extra slot there, so we can have Africa One and Africa Two. And if we say that Africa One is decided by the winner of the Africa Cup. And Africa two is decided between in a series between second and third in that competition. Then they the winner of that gets Africa two. The loser again goes to the refercharge. And then fourthly, we bring it back to Europe because Europe is the heartland of rugby. There's obviously the Six Nations, the Rugby Europe Championship, and so currently we have. Uh, Rugby Europe Championship decides Europe 1 and 2 over a two-year play out of the series, and this can continue. And then with third and fourth over those two years in Europe, they have a separate playoff, and that determines who becomes Europe 3. And the fourth place, let me say it again, goes to the Repercharge. So you still have those previous things from the qualification of 2023 and now you have the new uh, allocations available for 2024 so in my opinion it would work like this and i'm using team names based on current world rankings these are not confirmed in any way shape or form this is just hypothetical we're just having a bit of fun so africa would get two slots and they would probably go to namibia and kenya uh the americas would have three one of which would be designated uh, determined for uh, South America, which is m- probably Uruguay, and one for North America, which is the USA, and third uh, would go to Chile. In Europe, we'll have jo- uh, three slots again, which would be Georgia, Portugal, and Spain. Uh, Oceania, 
that would likely be won by Samoa. Asia won. That goes to Hong Kong, China. The playoff between Asia and Pacific team won by Tonga again. And then we finally have the Rapprochage. And based on current world ranking, you know what that means. It means that at the next World Cup, we will see Romania because they are still ranked higher than Canada. So even in this expanded tournament, I'm not. it's not looking like Canada can join. But again, this is hypothetical. A lot can happen over the next few years. And again, these aren't even confirmed. But from my personal opinion, I think that Americas deserve an extra spot, Africa, Asia, and Europe as well Everyone's to expand still- this tournament out to 24 teams. Yeah, I mean, every region's going to get an extra spot. Like, that's going to be obvious. Um, it's It'll be interesting to see, like, I mean, your, your theory's good um, as far as, like, how to expand it. It'd be interesting to see what World Rugby obviously actually does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, if we're talking about, like, I think, like, if you're kind of those tier two nations, like, you got to be chomping at the bit seeing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, country like Spain should be in the World Cup, right? They have all their nonsense of disqualification that's kind of clouding them. Um, but Spain should already be there. Um, like, you know, USA, Kenya, Hong Kong, there seem to be teams that are um, you know, kind of constantly like Hong Kong and Kenya are pretty constantly or consistently at repishage tournaments for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like so they're probably those two countries are probably chomping at the bit. Um, Canada and the USA um, probably should be um, at or, you know, probably don't want to be at repishage tournaments, but seem to end up at them. Right. Yeah. And fortunately, um, you know, a tie to Portugal um, kept the USA out of this World Cup. Um. I think, though, obviously, from the Canadian point of view, it's, um, again, obviously, it's exciting. Like, the, you know, to put it in plain terms, the World Cup just got a lot easier to qualify for. Um, like, there's there's more teams makes it easier to qualify for. Um, that's just, that's not a comment on the state of Rugby Canada or any of the other teams that would also want to. It's just math. There's more spots now. Um, yeah. But I think... I don't know if I like the one thing is it's like I don't know if I would want to see the Americas necessarily get split up, right? Like I understand your logic for suggesting that because like you said, world rugby probably like I mean world rugby could never say it, but yeah, they probably want the USA at a World Cup, especially yeah. if they're gonna be hosting, right? So it's like they they probably do want that, right? But um, but as far as like that goes, it's like I think from like the Canadian point of view, like I think like I really want to see Canada get better. Yeah, like I don't want to see Canada go to like the repishage tournament and then slip in as the last team because they beat um I don't know who would, who who are we thinking would be at that repishage tournament when you did this like seriously who yeah. would so- who- Romania. So okay, so let me ju- just give me a sec because I'm going to get up the world rankings yeah. because it changed since I last. Did I was to say yeah because you, you kind of ended on a joke, but I do actually kind of seriously want to know like if you were to project it right now, who are you thinking is going to be there? Okay, so I said that we'd have a spot from Europe, so that'd be Romania. Sure. Uh, we'd ha- so Romania, we'd have Canada. Yeah. Um. Then. We would have a spot from 
uh, Africa, so that would be Zimbabwe. Okay. And Asia, uh, which is Korea. So, so like that's the thing. Like, I like Romania is obviously a good team. Um, despite I mean, despite with their World Cup performance in relation to Canada, they're a good team. Um, even though they've been actually that that would be interesting to see. It would be. Like, It'd probably next, be a good game. Next year, so like Canada Romania. I think that would be. Like I mean, obviously uh, Canada. Canada should smash Zimbabwe and Korea though, right? Like. Yeah, well, they should. Should but yeah, they would should. they? Well, um, they should. Yes, um, but like, I think that's kind of the thing though. It's like I want to see, like, one. I think if you're Canada and you're looking at this, it's like you should be. We should be excited that the World Cup is going to be 24 teams because I think a 24 team World Cup is just better for rugby as a whole, right? Yeah. Not necessarily because I'm looking at it as like how Canada's going to qualify. Like, if you're like I. Canada is a team that, as we said back, as far as 2011 was, you know, on the was ranked 11th in the world, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what I mean, like not being at the World Cup is is obviously is a failure, um, just for Rugby Canada in general, and it's mm-hmm. like, but I think getting back to the World Cup is obviously the next job that you have to do, but like. Yeah. I think you also have to show signs of improvement in getting back to the World Cup as well. And I think the way to do that if you're Canada is you got to beat Chile or Uruguay or the USA, right? Like, yeah, you have to you have to be not – Yeah, I mean, ideally – Brazil – In, in the easiest terms, you just have to beat them in one game in qualifying. Yeah. But, but realistically, you have to be – you have to be a proper – for lack of a better word – test for them every time you face them like i think that's that's what i mean like like chile was a team that canada beat 56 nothing in like you know the years like the world cup qualifying in 2019 Mm -hmm. right and just in four years obviously chile got to the point where they can beat canada right and it's like if you're canada like you, you need to like you have to also improve Right. Like, I, I think if you're Canada, like, you can't be like, I don't want to see Canada be like, oh, there's 24 teams in the World Cup. Let's go be the 24th team. I'm going to be like, no. let's get better and not but, even worry about the Repishage tournament. Let yeah. Chile, let Brazil, let the U, hell, let the USA, right? You, we're going to use Stu, Stu, I'll use your idea. You want to divide the Americas to give, uh, yeah. to give USA a better shot at qualifying or however, because that probably does kind of make sense. Like, ruin that. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. As in, and rug, world rugby's face, like, ruin that, right? Like, yeah. you couldn't, like, the goal to me, I'm like, it's great to see 24 teams it's yeah. or whatever. If you are rugby Canada though, I think it's like, I want to see you get back to the world cup, no matter how you do it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that. Like I want it. Like if you, if world rugby and if rugby Canada ends up having to win a repishage tournament to get back to the world cup, then so be it. Like, it's fine. I think the goal should be to not go to that repishage tournament. Yeah, like if you are, and, and and hang on, before the monkey's paw curls a finger, just say that you've already qualified before the Rafferty tournament. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Fair enough. But like, I think like that should be like rugby Canada's goal because you want to be getting better. Yeah. Right? So it's like, like you didn't make the Rafferty tournament. So even if you were to go like super loosely, you could be like the next teams. The next teams up would be 
um, Kenya, like like you said, Kenya, USA, Hong Kong, right? That's the next kind of teams up. And then you'd have, you'd be part of like the Repishage tournament of like the next tier of like the teams that were around away from getting to the Repishage tournament, right? And it's like, I think if you're Canada, like you want to be in that group that's a tier above where the Repishage tournament for a 24-team World Cup is going to be. Yeah. Because that'll be the sign that you're actually improving, not that you're just kind of like not to keep kind of falling and then being like, yeah, we had to beat Korea and Zimbabwe to get to the World Cup, right? You want to be – like I want to see that like level of improvement. And I think if you're Canada, obviously getting back to the World Cup is going to be your number one priority. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and even though I'm saying this, I don't think Canadian rugby fans are going to be picky about how they get back yeah. right? as long as they get back. But I think if I'm Kingsley Jones or Rugby Canada right now or whoever's going to be in charge by the time this rolls around, my, I'm setting the goal to not go to that Repishage tournament. Like yeah. USA, beat Chile, beat Brazil. Yeah. Be, be America's one. Yeah, beat Uruguay, beat whoever else is going to be there um and get to the world cup to show that show that improvement show that um ability to kind of come back is kind of what i would want to see i would make my goal to not go to that repishage tournament. yeah but but can i just say did that like what i laid out did that make sense at all yeah i mean it makes sense like you're obviously gonna have like if you got like they divide their qualifying into basically yeah and full of main continental and stuff continental, yeah. right so yeah. you're probably you're gonna have you're gonna give the extra spots to those those nations yeah. um i personally i would keep i mean i understand your reasoning for maybe thinking that they might cut america's um in half to go north america south america i would personally like to keep it the same Right. Like I like honestly, like I Canada, like I think it's like if you like you should want to play Chile in Uruguay um as part of your World Cup qualifying, like show that you deserve to be there, right? Like beat I would love to knock like honestly, like if I'm a rugby Canada player right now, I'd be like, there's nothing I want more than to eliminate Chile from the next World Cup. Like yeah, the, so. yeah put knock them back uh, down, right? Like well. Well, the, the the bad thing is that because it makes sense to you and to a lot of people, it just means that world rugby will never actually do it. So get you, oh, no. get prepared for a long, convoluted, oh. unnecessarily ridiculous uh, qualification process. No, it'll be uh, the yeah, the next teams. They're gonna it'll be the it'll be the Maori All Blacks will be one of the teams. Um, the Barbarians <laughs> will be another team. World Fifteen will be another. Yeah. We'll go, uh, yeah, we'll go full uh, the um, the last uh, World Cup of hockey. We'll start making up teams um, yeah. to fill to fill in the last spots. Okay. I, anyway, I think we've been getting ahead of ourselves. We still have a World Cup tournament going on as we enter the knockout stages, and yeah. we have our predictions coming up. So that final round, the final weekend of the. Do you have any stages. thoughts on the last week before we get into predictions? Though, like, yeah, exactly. Is uh, yeah. that's. So I was just going to say, as in, obviously, huge, huge, huge congratulations to Portugal for getting their first ever World Cup win and doing it right at the depth, at the death as well. Um, You know, fantastic result. Japan, Argentina, what a ad. What what a advertisement for rugby. Such an enthralling, engaging match. 
Um, and Samoa absolutely <laughs> put England to the sword up until the final few minutes. Again, another game that was decided. Uh, so a bit. There's some controversy there. It's hard to see. I guess who touches the ball? I guess is kind of is that the debate that the refs were having? The debate was was it a knock on? Yeah. And yeah. And you know the the laws change um, frequently, and it was decided that the and you know Arrows fans know that after scoring a try and a penalty going the uh, going their way, and they kicked it into touch, only for the try to then come back and then stand because the uh, TMO didn't know whether <laughs> the team was oh, blue or yellow. I we totally all remember about that. That was wild. Yeah. Oh. So the actual wording of the law now says that. Up until the um, kickoff to resume play has happened, the try can be called back for whatever reason. Um, for reason given, if there was substantial evidence presented uh, to the official, maybe by the TMO, mm-hmm. and you know that's the decision they're falling back on. You know, I feel for Samoa who, you know, try. Doing everything they could, they might have uh, got an automatic qualifier too if they. Uh, yeah, and, that game. yeah. I mean, England yeah, still, it, England still would have gone through, but Eng- yeah, England would have gone through. It would have been yeah. Japan who would be risking a automatic qualification spot, so they were probably yeah. thankful that uh, what's his name, yeah. um, Owen Fowler was able to uh, nail that conversion. And uh, yeah, that was a good. Yeah. That was a good. I mean, ultimately, it's a good game. It does kind of sting for Samoa. Yeah, but all the uh, yeah. the tier two conspiracy theories pop up on on Twitter and Reddit. And yeah, media. yeah, it, and it's also the fans of that team feel that there's a conspiracy against them. What are the odds? You know what, man? Uh, I have, every ref hates your team. Just accept yeah. it. Every yeah. ref hates your team. Every podcast hates your team. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone hates your team. Their dog hates your team. Exactly. Um. Yeah. And yeah, and the other games I think went as predicted. Like Wales, Georgia did put up a good fight, but then Wales were able to um, clear away towards the end. Fine. New Zealand's okay. almost scored two hundred points in their last two yeah. games. Oh. Um, Ireland uh, comfortably beat Scotland. Yeah. Tonga comfortably beat Romania. Um, France comfortably beat Italy. It's Italy uh, terrible. Yeah, Italy have had a really bad World Cup. I would I would say like Romania has probably been like the biggest disappointment for me, having uh, yeah. been nilled in two games, whilst well, Italy yeah uh, nilled in one. So, well, I think know, it's one of the things. Of like, it could be worse. I it mean, could also be better as well. So, I think that's also kind of the one thing. Like, if it's going to go to a twenty four team World Cup too, I think like Canada, the Canadian players, like you kind of also like you got to decide like what you want to do at that World Cup too. Yeah. Like, do you want to just participate in it like Romania, Namibia, right? That you kind of just get. I mean, Namibia did play a couple really good games, but I mean, unfortunately, they've been in a lot of World Cups and haven't won a game yet. Um, but like, do you just want to want to show up and participate, or do you want to kind of be more like Samoa and Portugal and kind of like yeah. throw a wrench into some of the uh the top teams' plans at the uh, at the World Cup and make a bit of an impact and stuff too. Um, that Portugal Fiji game, best game of the World Cup. Yeah, no, that that like, was just it was fun. incredible. 
yeah, that was it. It was um, both teams had something to play for. Obviously, Fiji needed one point in order to solidify their spot in the absolutely insane pool that that turned out to be. Um, but like Portugal, obviously, just playing for like you know the national pride of getting their first win. It's their first time at the World Cup too. After they like got through that repechage tournament. Right. And uh, just an incredible game. Some of the tries that they're scoring, the cross field kicks, the wingers were unbelievable. Um, you know, the game kind of it was kind of crazy. Uh, Portugal actually seemed to be kind of dictating the pace a bit in that game, too, is like Fiji was kind of chasing them as the, you know, the lead that uh, Portugal take the lead. Fiji come back. Portugal take the lead. Fiji come back. Fiji yeah. finally pulled ahead. And then obviously a big try at the end of the game, um, which was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was incredible a, to see. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal. Um, it's very, uh, very, very close. I mean, possession was opinion. split. Um, Fiji had 54% possession for the whole game. So Portugal had 46. Um, you know, a bit more for Portugal in the first half. But, you know, yeah. uh, 17 set pieces, one for Fiji, 15 for uh, Portugal. Uh, penalties conceded, um, but 11 and 12, game. respectively. It was so close. And, you know, it definitely reflects that in, like, the scoreline as and well. It's also, like, I mean, if World Rugby needs needs any, like, motivation to be like, yeah, we need more Tier 2 teams, like, legitimately some of the best games of this tournament have been, inv- have involved a Tier 2 team. And this, like, I know Fiji is a top 10 ranked team right now, but they're still really a Tier 2 team, right? Yeah. But, like... You know what I mean? But it was like, yeah, they both had something to play for, and they uh, put out probably the most entertaining game of the of the uh, the tournament. Which does also kind of bring me to a question for for you as well. It's like we're going into the quarterfinals. It's like, yeah. would you rather be a team like Fiji, say Fiji, England, Argentina, that kind of got really pushed in their last game? Right before the World Cup or before the the uh, the knockout stage here, like they got really pushed, right? Or would you want to be like New Zealand, Ireland, France, South Africa, Wales that kind of coasted in their last games? Uh, I think I'm just going to be quick. I'm going to say obviously I like Wales just coasted to top of the pool, which was lovely. But I think that's also yeah. more to the downfall of Australia. Than anything yeah, else. Yeah, well, um, the they they topped the chaos pool. Yeah, like so, and I, I know it's a it's a good thing. I mean, obviously, France, New Zealand was the opener of the World Cup, so yeah. they have had a bit of pressure in this tournament. But... Yeah, but they had that at the start, and then New Ze- like you said, it's like New Zealand's won like what their last two games, like what a hundred and sixty to eight. Yeah, what, and then mind. you have like Ireland and South Africa as well, which was. Another great game to watch. It's the only time either one of those teams got tested, they smoked yeah. everybody else in their pool. Right? Yeah, so the team's been kind of and... tested once, and then you got Fiji. Fiji had to battle the whole way in the tournament. They were two and two, like they yeah. battled the whole way. England's had to. England has had some suspensions and injury issues. They've had to battle the whole way. France, even though they've had injury issues, they've kind of they they beat they beat New Zealand and then kind I of. I wouldn't say about England. Like battling the whole way, I'd say like their main games were against Argentina, and yeah, but they're, they're like they closer. They, they spank Chile. They well, yeah, they should. But like, I mean, if you look at like, oh, uh, where am I? Like England, yeah, like they they smacked Chile and stuff. But like they had a like their game against Japan was pretty good too. Like they had a 
good game against Argentina. Samoa just pushed them to the brink too. Like, yeah, but I think as well that was a we've qualified, we've qualified, so we're going to rotate players and get them ready for. Yeah, I, I still don't think they're. Yeah, you know, I focused on the quarterfinals. Anyway, speaking of the quarterfinals, it is now time for our predictions. So. We start off with Wales versus Argentina. No question for me. It's got to be the Dragons. I see Wales going through. Yeah, I'm just picking Argentina this by you. So that's... You know what the interesting thing is? This is going to be the match with um, two of the largest Welsh-speaking populations in the world in their nations. Is there a large Welsh-speaking population in Argentina? Yeah. it's. uh, I did not know that. Why, yeah. why is See, there a lot of Welsh people in Argentina? Uh, they like the sunshine, I guess. Um, oh, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think it is just um, there's sunshine Welsh everywhere. Im- Welsh immigrants came to Argentina, and there's communities like, oh. you know in certain areas of Argentina that speak Welsh. Anyway, we move on. That's fascinating. We move on to the next game of the Saturday, which is Ireland versus New Zealand. Now, this is going to be the real test for Ireland. <laughs> if they can actually win a quarterfinal and they are up against Choke. one of the strongest teams in the world. Who do you have? Uh, man, I, I just think it's hilarious that like it feels like Ireland's like the big dragon that they have to defeat is the, uh, you know, the quarterfinal game, despite how good they've been in the entirety of the build-up to this World Cup and through this World Cup and then the way the pool stage works out, they're like, here's New Zealand in the quarterfinal. <laughs> um, honestly, great quarterfinal matchups. Like, big teams are going down, like, kind of a lot earlier than they wanted to. Um, I think New Zealand is going to be pissed that Ireland beat them last year and it's tough to beat New Zealand multiple <laughs> times. And also, you got to beat the quarterfinal, just the the dragon that's sitting there, the monkey that's on the back. Yeah. Right. Like you got them. That's some mental warfare there. Um, I'm going to back New Zealand because I just want to keep my funny stat that Canada has won as many quarterfinal games as Ireland at the World Cup. And this is the only way that's going to happen. So, um, okay. Hopefully, I'll buy right. that done. So, so I'm actually going to do a bit of 4D chess at this point because. With every World Cup, with the exception of 1999, mm-hmm. is that any team that beats the All Blacks in the knockout stages yeah. goes on to lose every single game afterwards of that tournament. So it happened. So, for example, in 2007, when France beat New Zealand, France yeah. then lost the semi final and they then lost the bronze. Uh, medal game. Okay. In uh, 2019, England beat New Zealand and then lost the final. Ah. So. So you're trying to put Wales in the final here. I am trying to put Wales in the final. So I do think, first of all, I think Ireland do um, get the monkey off their back. They do win the quarterfinal, but because their focus was, let's get to the semifinals, let's beat the All Blacks. This is the game of our tournament. Yeah, you know they'll slip, uh, they'll lose a bit of focus. Maybe a bit of Warren Ball comes into play, and that gets Wales through to the final. So I am going to go with Ireland for that reason. Now let's move on to Sunday, and the first game up we have is England versus Fiji. Oh, that's a spicy one. I, <laughs> if there's any team 
that can lose to Portugal one week and beat England the next week. That's Fiji. It is Fiji. I think like the best part of this game is that we know Fiji beat England like what a month and a half ago. Yes, two months ago. Like that's the best part of this game. Um, honestly, like these are the best possible quarterfinal matchups. This is amazing. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, pick a team. Just name one. Pick it. Who are you picking? I'm taking the other one. I don't care. Uh... <laughs> I don't care. Who are you picking? I'll take the other one. England. England? All right, sweet. Because you know what I love about that is because we know every single person is cheering for Fiji in this game. Uh, everyone's I, cheering for Fiji in this one. I, I, um, I got a lot of Saracens on England and stuff. I always want to see them do well. But, like, man, like, to get Fiji, Fiji in a semifinal or um, a semifinal would be amazing. That would be, I, I would I would agree, that would be absolutely Incredible. huge Incredible. Fiji. I think that will inspire a number of players to play for Fiji for yeah. the next World Cup and future World Cups. Um, but another part of me is also thinking... England's good it, at rugby? That as well, but also they've learnt um, the lessons from that uh, warm-up fixture. And they're like, okay, now we know what Fiji... We now know for certain what Fiji's capable of. We almost lost to another Pacific Island team yeah. just last week. We know we got to buck our ideas up. We got to focus. We got to do what we do best. And we've got to get to the next round. I want one ridiculous behind the back pass try or something from Fiji in this game, though. That's yeah. got to happen. They got to go. F they need to go full Fiji. All right. Yeah. Just no, I. I I think England Fiji will be the most entertaining oh, of sure. all the quarterfinals. And we move on to the last game of the weekend, France versus South Africa. And oh my god. I again like Ireland South Africa. I think this is going to be a huge game. I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be like a chess match. It's going to be it's not going to be who scores first but more in sense of who breaks first who makes that first mistake that being said i have to go with the host i'm gonna go with france see i i respect that logic um so much um i think france france was so good in the build-up to the world cup and then you know they had some they've obviously had some injury issues dupont's plan is Dupont going to be playing? He's got some like Dupont is training with the team yeah. again. Again, the as of the time there, there's been this. yeah nothing's been released of who's playing or what. It may be he's Good not play. playing at all. It's just a just some mind games going on. Just he's to play. He's get under Razzy Erasmus's skin and just uh, yeah, he's got to play. That's Elby man. This like it's tough because I'm like man, I like the the idea of South Africa getting knocked out in the quarterfinal. Um, is kind of mind-boggling to me. Uh, but, like, I feel like my head is almost like South Africa's better, but my heart's like it's France's home game yeah, and their home World Cup. I think I agree with you, and I think I'm going to go with France. It has more to do with the fact that they're playing at home than anything, though. Yeah, um, but they, they've also just been playing incredibly well. It's, it's wild, because it's like, if... 
literally like this quarterfinal spread is incredible. Like if any one of these matchups was the final, I'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, this... this is great. Like, let's all watch that. Like, if that ended up being the final, um, amazing. Like, um, it's one of the fun things, I guess. I mean, you're not necessarily neutral because obviously you're Welsh, but like from the Canadian point of view, it's like, I mean, it's not like Canada would be in the World Cup at this point, anyways. But like, no, but... Canadian point of view, I'm just like, yeah, let's just buckle up for some awesome rugby for the next uh, yeah. weeks here, because like. Yeah, th- yeah, this this is going to be great, and I've, and of course every team that wins is guaranteed to play two more games, whether that's in the uh, yeah World Cup final or the bronze final, with obviously yet to be seen. But those are the games that, that yeah. are happening in the World Cup this weekend. Again, Wales versus Argentina, Ireland versus New Zealand on Saturday, England versus Fiji, and France versus South Africa on the Sunday. And you can watch those games on TSN, TSN.ca, or TSN Plus. And as we've been mentioning already, the Premiership will return this weekend, and that is available for Canadians on Sportsnet. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out more, as well as our written pieces on our website, therougerugby.ca. You can also find our podcasts on Spotify, S4P, and Apple Podcasts. We have a YouTube channel, at The Rouge Rugby, with episodes of the podcast, as well as extra interviews in our black box. Make sure to like and subscribe, and hit the bell notification to stay up to date on all our videos. We're also available across social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, all at The Rouge Rugby. Derek, where can the fine people find you on social media? Uh, at Perceptive Jet, uh, across all social media platforms. And you can find me across social media at Hardman, spelled H4RDMAN. Well, that's where we're going to end this episode. Derek, thank you for joining me, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Rouge Rugby Podcast, where we talk about real Canadian rugby. We hope you can join us again next time.